Welcome to the Betterism Podcast, a learning community seeking out life's unusual lessons from its unlikely places. I'm your host, Glenn Binger, author, teacher, and coach, and I'm here to help spark some collective growth. I hope you'll stick around and teach us a thing or two, but first, a few words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Life. Life is a health and wellness brand. Um, they feature all kinds of health and wellness products. They focus mostly on supplements. They have everything from vitamin E, vitamin C, NADs, vitamin K. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Shilajit tablets. I put some in my coffee every morning to help me think a little more clearly, process things smoothly, that sort of thing. Um, but again, they they kind of focus on all across all health and wellness products. Um, their goal is to be innovative and effective, trying to help people become less stressed, uh, more energized, and live happier lives. Um, I do also recommend checking out their podcast, Meadow Life Radio. The host and owner, Matt Blackburn, does a really great job in educating listeners and, and his audience about what supplements are right for them. Um, you can find them online at meadowlife.co. That's M-I-T-O-L-I-F e.co and if you use promo code betterism you can get 15% off all of their products and there's no restrictions there um, again that's meadowlife.co promo code betterism for 15% off please go check them out they do a really great job in educating and sharing the knowledge and i think that is a lost art this day and age meadowlife.co check them out This episode is brought to you by Two Key Customs. Two Key Customs, always heartfelt, homemade, handmade, unique art items. Uh, Two Key Customs is a husband and wife duo, Steve and Lindsay Zimieski. Um, they founded in 2014, around the time of their wedding, actually to make some of their invitations. Um, and they just kind of continued making stuff for friends and families ever since. Um, their focus really is on chapbooks and zines for poetry, short stories, uh, various art. Um, but their goal is really to release at least one project per month for each year. Um, they're actually already have an incredible lineup scheduled. I got a little sneak peek on that. Um, they create custom homemade paper goods for any special event, regardless of the reason or the size of each occasion. Um, they do invitations, save the dates, flyers, thank yous, anything in between. Uh, they even do apparel. So definitely reach out, check them out. Um, you can holler over on Instagram at two key customs to spelled out two W O. Um, they really appreciate the uniqueness and importance of each event in their clients lives. And they're really happy to create something that's custom, like truly custom and unique just for you. They're also open to collaboration. So if you have an idea, uh, something you're looking for, feel free to reach out. They're very, very open-minded and welcoming. Um, even if it's just to answer a couple questions. So again, that's two key customs, New Jersey hometown heroes, homemade, handmade, always heartfelt. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I uh, just want to give you a quick heads up. Near the end of this interview, uh, something happened with the microphone. Uh, very, very end, last couple of minutes here. But I just want to give you a heads up. Uh, Audio is a little tough when um, Arsene starts talking about her connect, um, where to find her online stuff. So just want to give you a heads up. Uh, thanks for dropping by and enjoy. All righty. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Betterism Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. Today we have a special poet guest, Arsene, poet, author, spoken word artist. Arsene, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm glad we could finally uh, get this going. I know we, we've been trying to call back and forth and we kind of like rain dates and like schedule conflicts. Um, so I'm glad we can kind of finally make this work. Um, yeah, life been... was really lifing, huh? Yeah, it was. I feel like these past, I don't know, we were just talking about this before we started recording too, like the past three years have kind of been wild for everybody. And then like now that it's kind of starting to fade out, I would, you know, everyone's kind of trying to find their own path forward and it's that's different for everybody so i figured we would kind of start with um your your book came out last year and kind of bounce off from there um 
you had mentioned prior that you were quote unquote the pandemic poet. I was curious, <laughs> could we, do you think we could like kind of start there? Like where did your, how did you get involved into the poetry realm? Well, okay. So I was like, I've always written uh, poetry kind of in secret since I was like 16, just as like a way to like get my words out and not, and not, and actually be heard, even if it's by a piece of paper. I know that sounds sure. sad, but that's generally like, <laughs> that's generally how it is because I feel like, um, and maybe um, your South Asian, other South Asian listeners can uh, relate to this, but I feel like a lot of like things that we go through, maybe because it's uh, maybe because our uh, our parents come from a different culture, they just like don't understand it and don't want to uh, accept it. Especially mm-hmm. like mental health. Now it's become more important, but when I was growing up. Um, decades ago, <laughs> uh, mental health wasn't so much uh, something that t- people spoke about. It was like a taboo topic. So going through the things of adolescence and teenagers that they do, even also like just like boys and, and, and dating and all that stuff also wasn't something that you could go to your parents and talk to. So poetry became my way of just venting so that I knew that someone was listening to me and, Mm -hmm. you know, therapy wasn't something that was ever considered either. So poetry. Uh, So it's been, I've been writing it for years. And then finally, like the two, like the week before um, everything shut down, I did my first open mic. And that's why I say I'm a pandemic poet because I did my Mm -hmm. first open mic and I joke around and say, I was so good. I shot the whole world down. Um, (laughs) it's quite embarrassing I have a YouTube clip of it oh my god I look back and I'm like wow things have changed but from that that started a whole like you know actually me getting seriously uh, public about my poetry and like and that's why I call myself pandemic I think that's when I finally peaked and like brought my purpose into reality and like and really started speaking about it right and it's, you know, with art, I feel like that's, that's what art is, right? It's that, it's that need to be heard, to, to voice something. And it's not always, of course, it's not always with words or, or poetry, you know, there's definitely mm-hmm. many different forms of it, but I feel like that's the drive behind art, right? It's like that, that need to say something and have it be heard for what it is, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I feel like I, I, I tend to, I don't know, I feel like these past couple of years, everyone's everyone's expression and their style of art has changed a little bit. Um, and you had mentioned how you kind of started this prior to the pandemic and then kind of it adapted once the pandemic hit and stuff. I mean, how has the art itself for you changed along that course? I if mean, at I, all. Oh, for sure it has. For me, it's, first of all, I mean, like I was saying, I really went public with it. And, and by public with it, I mean virtual with it. Uh, throughout the entire pandemic. So now I'm in that phase of not only am I realizing a lot of things that I thought I was, I as a person was before the pandemic, I am not (laughs) (laughs) like, I really, this sounds bad, but like, I'm going to say it anyway. I really thought I liked people. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm finding that I have, I have limits to how much I like people. (laughs) Like I can yeah. only be in in public for so long before I'm like overwhelmed, and maybe that's just because we were so, because we were so isolated for so long. I'm not used to having people around me um, anymore. So mm. I I find that like when I'm performing, I'm cool because you perform when you perform, you're connecting with the audience, but you don't have to actually interact one on one with people. Right. right. <laughs> but then when I interact one on one with people, which you're probably seeing, I'm kind of awkward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And that before I used to think that was charming and now I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be so awkward anymore. And that in the same way, I feel the same way about my art. Like my art was all my, my poetry. My poetry was always intimate, like, right. It was always too much, maybe too much information because it was about me and that's how I vented, right? Sure. And now I'm finding that my poetry has become more about, I need to represent people who don't get a chance to speak. And, mm. and then but then at the same time, I don't want to watch the news too much because it affects my mental health. So I'm like, yeah. so I'm like, I'm at this point where I'm like, what do I do with my work that I don't have to affect my own mental health to do it well and still represent my cause, which is to be a voice for myself along with other people. Yeah. And that's, that's like such a delicate wa- uh, line to walk too. like, 
<laughs> I mean, we've <laughs> all heard the stories of like famous artists that like eventually lost their minds, right? Because they like they went so deep into that that exploration that like, there's no recovering. And then, of mm. course, there's the other end of that spectrum where like there are artists out there who are afraid to jump into that that pool of water because they don't want to go that far, you know? Yeah, yeah. So and I don't blame you, either of it, either side. No, because like, of course, right? Like I, it's totally understandable. Like I, I can totally see and empathize with both sides of that, if that makes any right. sense. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's like because at some point, like I feel like for me, especially with poetry, it's how I find my peace, and I want to maintain that peace, but I also know it's really important to like get things out to people and and have it heard however way it be whether it's because not everyone wants to hear the news all the time so if you're talking about certain issues like more in an artistic way people want to hear it more and you're just like okay okay how do i do this (laughs) yeah right how do you not lose your mind is a question (laughs) and i feel like now too especially with how accessible art is and how easy it is to put your things out into the world as opposed to like you know 10 15 years ago i feel like it a lot of times you get stuck in that like imposter syndrome of like well okay am i saying the same thing as like you know my my, yeah. my friend who, who wrote a poem about the same topic or whatever like I, it's hard to kind of figure out like how to express those things in your most authentic self I agree. And like, I've been performing a lot, a lot. I've been outside. Um, <laughs> and mm. I, I find that because I'm, I'm, I'm listening to other artists and I, I get inspired by them. I'm like, oh my God, am I, am I saying my voice or am I using their voice in a different, like just with different words? Am I, am I accidentally yeah. plagiarizing? Like, what am I doing? Here? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I find, you know, cause I'm, I'm from an older generation too. Like we, I grew up in the same kind of era of like, mental health was a taboo and you weren't really supposed to talk especially as a guy right you're not supposed Mm -hmm. to talk about it and like you know your emotions you kind of have to you mask them or you have to hide them or whatever and a lot of times for me that came out in my art regardless if it was poetry fiction music whatever it was like it, it, it manifests itself and I feel like you know over the course of these last couple of years like the way that I've come about doing that has changed and the way I think about it has changed as well. Like I'm constantly kind of reevaluating some of my old work and like, okay, am I, am I saying the same thing that everyone else is? Am I saying it in a way that sounds different? Is it the exact same thing? How do you, how do you walk that line? How do you figure out whether or not your art is expressing your most authentic self and you're not succumbing to the imposter syndrome? <laughs> if that makes any sense. That's a really good question. And I'm the worst person to ask because I suffer deeply from imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of, like I said, like uh, I came through, I came up in the pandemic. So like a lot of it, a lot of the time I'm like, whoa, so much is happening. And do I deserve so much of it happening to me? Right? Like, yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm being really honest here, but like, it's like, oh my God, like, Whoa. I, like, first of all, I never thought I would go public with my poetry. I was peer pressured into going public with my poetry. Okay. <laughs> like was it my, Tony? <laughs> it wasn't Tony. Tony, I found afterwards. And Tony was also like one of those things, like he was looking for manuscripts. And I just happened to, I happened to have this 500 page manuscript that I had made when I was in, a, in an abusive relationship. And I, I, I sent it in just to see, you know, like I was like, eh, right. nothing's going to happen. Right. I'm probably going to be rejected. No big deal. And then that was also one of those things where I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's like, I feel like with imposter syndrome, that's the most difficult challenge is like, not only do you have a problem creating the thing, but then, you know, you you share it with somebody and they love it and they want to publish it. And then you still feel like, well, okay, is this, am I being punked right now? Like, is this, (laughs) is this fake? Like, am I, am I allowed to publish this even though somebody (laughs) else has verified that you know what I mean like it's that it it kind of goes deeper than just like making the art it's also like sharing the art if that makes any sense I agree it's like I'm like I'm living in a parallel universe where everything is ideal this is not actually happening like not at all this can't be right (laughs) like I'm 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 designed to fail, not, not what is going on? What is happening? Like, (laughs) right. It's like, I don't, I can't learn from this. Successes don't teach me. It's it's kind (laughs) of funny how you think about that, you know? 
Yeah, and then like um, when you say it out loud, you're like, oh, wow, that's kind of sad. But <laughs> <laughs> right? I know, yeah. And then I feel like it's kind of like one of those vicious circles because then you go back and you try to you try to use that to fuel whatever the next art project is, you know, and it mm-hmm. kind of ends up coming back full circle and hits you again. You're like, Oh man, again, like I thought I got over yeah. this. <laughs> it's like, why is everything bad? And then everyone, everyone else just stops saying that it's not bad. What's wrong with right. you? <laughs> right. I'm like, you're lying. Cause you're biased and you're my friend and you're supposed to say those things. <laughs> yeah. Right. You have to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a good time. What, so let's, let's plug your book. What, um, what's the name of it? Where can listeners check it out? Ah, my book is called Interspectrum. Um, It is not 500 pages long. We (laughs) cut it down, I promise. (laughs) Um, And you can find it pretty much everywhere. Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. It's also coming to Barnes and Noble stores now. um, And also Tony's Tony's site, tonyinc.com. You can purchase it there. He does a lot of, I'm glad too, like the first couple of times I had him on the show, he was in the process of trying to get his, uh, you know, his companies or his, I should say his, his artists books out into like the physical stores of Barnes and Noble and stuff. And mm-hmm. hearing that that's starting to shift is pretty awesome. I mean, have you, yeah. like, is it, is it strange for you to kind of think about that? Like, oh my God, this is going to be in a bookstore. <laughs> like, yeah, what's that like? It's, it's again, in that like, I'm still in that parallel universe. I mean, last month I had my first book signing ever and I was like, what it's it's still one of those things where I'm like first of all the fact that the book is a real thing is still something that I'm processing and has been out over a year so (laughs) so you can imagine the rest of it I'm like cool yeah I'm sure this this is not real it's not real (laughs) yeah still a dream right I'm dreaming dreaming. yeah it's a good dream I'm not I'm not trying to wake up (laughs) so uh with the book is is it a culmination piece um, or collection, I should say, of like all of your work since prior to like publicizing it, or does it have a specific theme? Like, how did you end up trying to narrow down that manuscript, especially once you, you know, it was accepted and you tried to cut it down from 500 pages? Like, how did you go about that process of trying to select just the vital, most valuable pieces for the collection? Okay. So, we, in the end, uh, t- this is my first book that I ever published. So Tony sat with me like intensive, intensely and like and helped me try to figure this out. So we wanted to create a message with this book where um, from any darkness that you have, you will find love. And, and basically and this is about heartbreak becoming self-love. So we have it's three sections. The first section is dark, which is all about heartbreak. The second section is called Penumbra, which is com- coming out of heartbreak and finding out that, you know what, I didn't need that relationship to be a good person and be myself and find my awesome. And then the third section is called Light, and that's all about how awesome you are and how awesome, well, I mean, I, I used I in it, so it's how awesome I am, but like, it's about right. everybody. Um, so this this is actually, that 500-page manuscript, like I was telling you before, um, came out of a two and a half year uh, abusive relationship, which I didn't know how to get out of until I just left. <laughs> and so that that manuscript was one that I thought that I would self-publish. And then I tr- started going through the self-publishing process. And I was like, you know what? This could be a really powerful message if I have the right guidance. Yeah. And then I went to Tony and I said, yeah, that's the guy who I, who I should have hit up in the beginning without even exploring self-publishing yeah (laughs) so that's okay so there's a lot to unpack there a couple couple things i wanted to hit point on um first was the uh, i don't know how else to express this the dark to the light Mm -hmm. that progression um not only is that something i think a lot of people can relate to i mean i mean that's such a huge uh I don't want to say genre, but like a such a huge like uh, concept. I mean, you see it in everything from like you know Star Wars to <laughs> like Marvel, like all of those <laughs> things kind of touch base on that. Not necessarily yeah. your specific, you know, with, with the abusive relationship and things, but that idea of kind of like battling both sides, the the light and the dark within ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, because that's kind of trying to find that balance and and going from like I suck to I'm awesome. Yeah. It, it, was that, I mean, was that something that 
was in the original manuscript or is that something that um, Tony helped kind of illuminate the path for? It was in the original manuscript, but it was like hidden under a lot of rage. <laughs> so we, we, <laughs> we took out the rage. <laughs> um, yeah, but a lot of the, the light pieces were all in the manuscript because I really did. I, I went in and I wanted to express to people, you know, my original message was you could be in a toxic relationship, but doesn't mean you have to be stuck in one because you're better than that and you deserve better than that. And I hope that whatever downfalls, especially with relationships that are toxic, you go through, you find that, that you're light and you find your worth because you are worthy of all the light. That was my original message. And then Tony was like, we could do that, but we need to work on how, like, we need to, like, cut this down. Yeah, So that was, um, he really, really helped me with that because I found that a lot of the poems that I had written were, like, just repeating themselves a lot. Mm. So, so we, we, we cut those down. How long did that take? Um, we went through like a six to eight month process after the manuscript was first initially re revised. Yeah. Okay. Cause I know that that timeline is different for every, everybody, you know, some people can do that in a week, which I don't understand how, and other people <laughs> yeah. take, you know, months and stuff like that. Yeah, I can't, especially because I like, like I was saying, like I'm, I'm emotionally attached to all my work, so I'm like, oh yeah, this all makes sense to me. But that's because it came out of my brain. Sure. <laughs> and my right. brain is very sporadic and goes all over the place, so I can follow my brain. Not everyone else can follow that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's the tricky part, right? I feel like that's um, that's part of the value in in working with a team um, rather than approaching it from like a self publishing perspective like having that other lens on like how someone is going to consume it outside of your own brain <laughs> you know like that's because yeah. like you when you I know like for me like when I read something as opposed to when I have somebody else read it like it obviously we're going to see it and and understand it and perceive it differently mm -hmm. you know so I think that's part of that conversation that editing process that coping process um the other piece I want to touch base on too was the and uh, you know, share what you want. Don't feel like you have to go into the detail or anything, but the abusive relationship, this was pre pandemic, you know, it was kind of helped forming the, the manuscript, the art. I mean, was, was art for you a way to cope with that, to deal with it, to express yourself? Yes, definitely. Um, I will say that, um, I, well, first of all, this is a trigger. I should have given a trigger warning before <laughs> I started talking about this relationship. <laughs> trigger warning for anybody who has gone through this, but maybe you can get something out of it if I speak about it. Um, personally, mine wasn't physical, but mine was very verbal and mental and also narcissistic. So mm. um, I dealt with a lot of, I would say something and the person would make me feel absolutely insane for saying it, even though I was valid to feel the way I did. And so I lost a lot of confidence, but at the same time, in my heart of hearts, I kind of knew I was right with what I was saying about a lot of things. And I did, and I've always just written to like vent when I didn't feel heard. So I just started writing for two and a half years. I just started writing and writing and writing. And then one day I just said, what the hell am I doing? Like, I, there's no reason for me to have to wake up and feel this way when I'm supposed to be in love with this person. This is not love. And I just walked out. <laughs> I just walked right out. I never looked that, that takes courage to do. Um, you know, because... How can I put this? When, when you experience that level of, like, gaslighting, like, constantly being berated, you know, being told that you're wrong, even though deep down you know that you're right. Like, that's not easy to overcome. So, I mean... If someone, if a listener out there is going through something similar to this, whether or not they're an artist, what advice could you give them to help them kind of move beyond and recognize, not only recognize that relationship or that toxicity they might be experiencing, but how to get out of it? Hello? Oh. Hi, sorry, it, cut, it dropped out. That's okay. I, okay. <laughs> No, it's all right. I'll repeat the question. So um, we were talking about like how you how you used art to kind of 
um, to cope with that and to better yourself. Um, so I was wondering, like, for listeners out there, anyone who's experiencing that kind of relationship, that kind of toxicity where, you know, they might may or may not recognize the fact that they're in such a relationship. Um, what advice could you give them to help them better understand that level of like gaslighting that they're experiencing, but then also how to get out of it? Sure. Um, okay. The f- I have a few messages, if that's okay. Please, um, yeah, share them all. The first one's real simple. If someone doesn't make you, f- they don't deserve your energy. One. That's it. The second part is, I am, I know that how how someone breaking your confidence can make you feel like you need that person to feel complete, and if you feel foolish for keep on going back to that person, don't feel bad about that. That's what that person has uh, like created for you. They've broken you. So what you need to understand is that you are not the broken person they created of you. You are way better than that. You should go back and talk to you. I, I found I found that talking to my friends who have known me for several years. And I know that sometimes people like that try to isolate you out of that situation and get you away from people like that. And that's because they know that person can take away their control over you. So what you need to do is try to reach out to these people or even go back and read letters from these people and remember that, oh, these are the way, this is this is who I used to be. Did I like who I used to be before? Get in touch with that. Read, if you, if you read, if you wrote journals or diaries, read those and be like, oh, this is who I used to be. It wasn't so bad. Even if you had like certificates of accomplishment, like say you run, you, um, say you won like a writing competition or something, or you, even though an award for being best friend ever in your childhood place that you can go back to, definitely go and t- tap into that. And just like mm-hmm. remind yourself of who you used to be. I found that um, one of the most important things that I, well, first of all, people kept saying Rohana, my, my real name is Rohana. <laughs> uh, a lot of people kept saying Rohana stop to me. And, and I was like, what do you mean stop? They're like, every time we see you, and how you before before two and a half years ago versus now, we see how tired you are. Why is being in love or being in a loving relationship tiring you the way it is? And I'm like, it's not just tiring me. It's I'm I'm I don't feel happy. So if you don't feel happy in any relationship, whether it's a loving relationship or not, know that you are worthy of more than that. And keep reminding yourself. Read those self-help books that people like to like to make fun of, but they are actually so important, so empowering. All of them have the same, have this, not the same, but different affirmations that mean the same thing that just serve as a reminder to you that you are worthy of the universe. You are worthy of happiness. You are worthy of true, unapologetic, unboundaries, no control, nothing, love. And go towards that, go towards, go towards the unconditional love. And finally, one day, you're just going to have to say, hey, I'm done with this and block the shit out of them. Just block everything. <laughs> Peace. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I, that's what I had to do. I, like, we were like, partially living together. And one day when he was at work, I just took every, well, I mean, one day, not one day. It took a couple of weeks, but I was slowly sure. just moving my stuff into my the trunk of my car and just moving it away from him and then finally one day i took my last box gave put the key under his mat and i just drove off and then i texted him and i said i'm done and that's it and that's how yeah. that ended and then yeah if you block them because you're gonna want to go back i know it because that's how it is because you always think it's gonna be better and it's never better just block them I like that. That's, that's really good advice. Um, you know, especially the part about like being worthy of the love and the light. I feel like, especially if you're in one of those relationships where you're dealing with, you know, a uh, narcissistic psychopath who like is constantly yeah. gaslighting you and making you and basically just tearing apart your confidence. It's hard to get out of that. Well, I should take a step back. It's hard to even recognize that in the first place, but then trying to get out of it can be, 
even more difficult because it's scary to kind of go through the other side of the fence, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you do want to go back. Cause that's like something that you're, you know, right. It's a routine that you are familiar with and you're comfortable with. And even though it might suck, it's still something that you're familiar with, which, you know, deep down as human beings, we we're scared of the unknown and it's, it's, it's takes courage to kind of like face that and yeah. not turn around and go back to something, even if it's, you know, miserable. <laughs> um, yeah. What kind I, of warning, what kind of warning signs is someone like having trouble recognizing or like doubting themselves? Like what kind of warning signs can they look for? I'm going to be honest. Um, I didn't realize I was in a narcissistic, abusive, narcissistically abusive. Wow. Words hard. Narcissistically <laughs> Oh my God, I'm going to try it a third time. Narcissistically abusive relationship until afterwards when I started reading about it. Because I knew about verbal, I knew about mental, and I knew about physical. And I was like, hmm. I mean, I recognized the verbal immediately when he said, he said, you can take, I was like speaking out, I was standing up to him again for one time. And one of the last words he said to me is, you can take your strong feminist energy and shove it up your ass. And I said, oh, um, I will. But goodbye. <laughs> so um, right. that was the first time that he really got verbally abusive out of nowhere. And um, for me, I realize now that the fact that this person thought they had the right to disrespect me. And if you ever feel disrespected, you're right. You, you should, you're valid in feeling disrespected. Just FYI for anyone. Yeah. But the warning signs for me were... Actually, I don't know how to explain it. The cycle was like in the beginning or whenever he wanted to get back with me, um, there was a lot of love bombing. Like he would be the perfect person. You're like, oh, my God, you can't get any better than this. This is a hallmark, hallmark romance. I've been I've been waiting for this my entire life. Right. Yeah. And I know this is how this sounds weird. But if people do that too much, be careful because <laughs> mm. everyone has flaws and, sure. and everyone's human. And and. And we all learn how to love differently. So, like, if they're, like, twirling around in the parking lot and stuff like that, that's extra. And <laughs> you should worry about that. <laughs> I, so, I know, or maybe people have that really kind of relationship. I feel bad saying that. that I, maybe I'm toxic now, too. But <laughs> but that's one of the things I noticed that is, like, it went from love to, like, immediately the first time I ever spoke out to him about something, he started saying, what? That's crazy. No, no, no. It's not like that. And he just like mm. flipped it around in such a way where I'm like, oh, maybe I'm maybe I am wrong. If 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 they flip it around and you know you knew you were right when you were speaking out about it, that's a warning sign. Like if they get they are if they are constantly victimizing themselves, if they're constantly flipping it so that you you feel wrong. These are mm-hmm. all like these are always. I don't know if I'm 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 being very helpful, but <laughs> no, no, you are. You know, because I think I the the ability to recognize yourself and understand who you are plays a role in that right like it's it's that's not easy to do and i know we're like talking about it as if it's something you can just flip a switch and like you recognize but being able to understand yourself and and realize that you have value and you are worthy of love and light like you said that that ability to be aware of that plays a role because unless you're able to kind of first recognize yourself you can't recognize how other people are treating you and Mm -hmm. it's that's not easy you know I don't want to sit here and like sound like I'm preaching or make it sound like you're preaching like oh yeah just recognize that you're like you're worthy of love too and like say bye and it's like no it's not that easy it takes a lot of like coping but also a lot of like courage and Mm -hmm. also a lot of reflection I mean there's there's a lot going on in a dynamic uh unfortunate relationship like that and, you know, it's not always romantic. It, of course, it can be, you know, with friends, uh, with family, um, parents. Like, I feel like, especially this day and age with social media being what it is, I feel like it's, uh, unfortunately, it's pretty common to bump paths and cross paths with narcissistic, yeah, toxic human beings. <laughs> it, is, it is toxic. The, I, I don't know if it's society molding us to be so- toxic or it's just like toxic people just feel like they have the permission to be out there now in, in the open. But it is it gets pretty toxic. And and I feel like the journey of figuring out who we are is something that like a lot of us don't really know. Like we think we know, but then we realize, no, we actually I don't know all of all the parts. 
and and I feel bad being up here being like oh you should just like you should just come out of it like right it's not you can't just come out of it I yeah right yeah I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say but I'm I'm just trying to say that you should know and remember that you're valid and like anything you feel badly about is valid like and you don't need to take it right you, you don't you have the option to walk away and find a better route for you and find the peace piece that you're looking for. Yeah. And that, I mean, to me, that's the anchor, right? Like that's the thing that keeps you grounded is recognizing that piece. And that's not easy to do. Like you, sometimes you forget <laughs> that anchor is there, but you know, yeah. if you're able to kind of recenter yourself and focus in on that, you kind of, then you can kind of start picking up on those, those red flags and the warning signs you like you were talking about before and recognizing mm-hmm. when, when you're being gaslighted or when your confidence is being torn down, even though you deep down, you know that you're right. So yeah. my next question here is like, how, how did you, how did you overcome this? I mean, that's, that is like an experience. Um, it's, it's traumatic. It is, uh, it, te- it can tear people apart, especially if you're not prepared for something like that. So, you know, I, I know you used art a little bit, but how else did you, kind of work your way through that process i mean because right now we're talking and you sound really happy you know jovial (laughs) like you sound like you're very much over all of this how did you how did you get to that point i mean that relationship was over like eight years ago and it probably took me eight years to find some healing (laughs) so that's um, important yeah yeah to 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 i mean obviously i'm a huge 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 proponent of finding therapy using therapy therapy is a great resource if you can get get a hang of it um there's online therapy sources and online therapy resources for free if you can't afford therapy they should definitely look into i find that um online they even if you look up like narcissistic abuse resources online you'll find all the information that you need even to just recognize that you're in a narcissistic abusive relationship. Even online on Instagram, there's like, there's this, um, I don't know if it's a male or female, so I'll just say there's a day who um, posts on this uh, page called My Narcissistic Ex. And she gives you all the warning signs and like different situations she found herself in. Mm. And that helped me understand like what I was going through and that and 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 like how I could cope with it now, right? Like absorbing yeah. what happened to me and understanding that, oh my God, I really was in a narcissistic abusive relationship or I was in an abusive relationship, which is also something that's hard to even accept that it that's something that happens, right? Like you're like you never think it's gonna happen to you until it does, right? Yeah. Right. And then in the after effect you realize, oh my God, I was in an abusive relationship. I didn't even realize it. You're like, oh, okay. But then you see all the resources and you see that she'll she'll have she and other people who are who are probably better than I am to give you information um, is there are definitely good resources out there to help you cope. Um, therapy, like I was saying, is really really good about that. I found a lot of power in poetry, as you, as you heard before. I, I wrote a five hundred page manuscript to vent. Mm-hmm. Just uh, FYI, <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't get that one, um, and also like talking to friends. And being, I, I find, I know this sounds maybe narcissistic, but I sometimes ask my friends how I used to be versus how I am now. And then like reflecting, especially the friends who have been through the journey with you, you're like, if they tell you like, you know, this is what you were, this is how you've evolved. This is how, like how you are now. It's it, it it's cool to see your own progress or even looking back at pictures and seeing your own progress from, from then, then mm. to now is a really cool way. I also found like when I find that something, I know this sounds, it sounds simple, but I know it's hard to do, right? I find that when I, when something just doesn't make me feel good, I try to walk away from it. And I know like when it comes to like job situations like that, it's hard. I was, I felt like I was really miserable in my last job and I was still there for 10 years. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I understand that, but like it's, you have to be in a place where you can make a game plan for yourself, take the action and find comfort in the fact that you're taking actions to get yourself out of situations that are, that are uncomfortable and, and, and just being uncomfortable and change isn't bad always. And it's, I know that we get very, it's nerve wracking and anxiety inducing, but 
it's opportunity. Seek every discomfort as an opportunity. Mm. Yes, that's that's actually really important because it's those are the moments where we truly grow beyond what we think we're capable of. It's like mm-hmm. those those moments of of discomfort and you know um, sadness and anger. Those kinds of things can help you grow if you approach them from the right mindset, which is not easy. I don't want to sit here and make it sound like it's easy to just overcome your rage. Like I I totally understand that. But at the same time, like that's, that's really where those opportunities lie. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the other, the other big thing is that we kind of touched base on this before, but like being self-aware and reflecting on the growth that you have made. Cause I find a lot of times, like when you reflect on that, on that positive change, it's like fuel to the fire to keep growing in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I agree. And self, but self-awareness is also hard. <laughs> it is. Like, no, it's not easy. I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it listeners. I don't want to make it sound like it's easy to just master your self-awareness like that. I know for me, like I'm still, I've tried, I've been trying to kind of like practice like my meditating and my, my reflection techniques. I mean, since as long as I've been a teacher, but, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, uh, 10 years now like I would say I'm not I'm definitely not a master but it took me a while to get to the point where I'm at that makes sense discipline you you know I agree with you I think one of the best things someone I I, I can guarantee you is probably my therapist as a friend so I'm calling her my friend Um, but (laughs) one of my friends once told me especially like when I was going through that trauma plus another traumatic incident like probably back to back it was a great time um they said take care of you like people say that take care of you but they they're like it's valid and it's okay to take care of yourself like we're always giving to others around us and we're always we're always so attentive to what others think of us right yeah and it's like it's like well what do we think of ourselves and if we don't like what we think about ourselves how can we change what we think about uh, well how can we change ourselves so you need to take the moment to reflect and like meditations help uh you know even just like asking yourself whoa 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 is this something that i really want to do and if that's not something that you really want to do stopping yourself is a good way of, of of defining who you are going out and exploring new things that you never thought you would do like aka sharing your poetry that you've been writing for 20 years <laughs> and open mic <laughs> right right is a is a great way to is great way to realize oh shoot this is actually what I my purpose this is like what I wanted to do and I never even realized it. so I would I would definitely ask everyone to just take a minute to tap in with yourself however that is even if you're talking to yourself in the car and in traffic for a little bit you know like just yeah right the hell am I doing (laughs) yeah and that like that experimentation is is pretty important too because there's going to be especially if you're just starting on this journey like trying to find the things that work for you it's not gonna it's very rare that it happens on the first try you know like it's like it's going to take you a handful of times to figure out what that thing is to allow yourself to 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 better yourself right and it's almost Mm -hmm. like you have to give yourself permission to do so especially if you're coming from one of those relationships where you know the other person's a narcissist and constantly gaslighting you making you feel like you're not worthy of of that better progress you have to kind of like work through that and it's it's not (laughs) that's definitely not easy so having an outlet is important and then also experiment experimenting excuse me to find that outlet um can be a little daunting too um how has your art changed since then i mean the book's been out for a year are you working on anything right now and if so has it changed or is it more of the same Oh, it's definitely different. But at the same time, I will say I am working on a second book manuscript. But I should also get, I should also say that I'm definitely hit some uh, writer's block since then. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, but I it's it's mine. I for some reason mine has gone down a very spiritual route. And by spiritual, I don't mean like I'm 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 preaching about any kind of religion. But like I do a lot of meditation based poetry and before like this book like this book um you'll find this like affirmations and things like that the next book i'm finding i'm doing a lot of like um how to improve myself and how to how to tap in with myself type of type type of poems mm-hmm. and then and then the stuff i perform is all um social social justice pieces mostly 
yeah. Conscious, okay. I call them conscious pieces. Conscious pieces. So I, I've, I've definitely gone in different, <laughs> completely different routes here. But yeah, <laughs> I think that's a sign of a true artist, a, a true uh, timeless artist, I should say, is that ability to, to shape your work to fit who you are as a human, but at the same time, like staying true to what it means to be a human. If that makes any sense. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I hope I'm around for a little bit. um what about the writer's block we we kind of talked a little bit about that i think before we started recording um how how has that hit you i mean for me i know like this my work has definitely changed since the pandemic i mean this podcast kind of stemmed from it started at the beginning of the podcast i'm sorry at the beginning of the pandemic podcast started and i know like since then my my writing has changed and i've encountered a lot more creative blocks along the way than before the pandemic. And I don't know if it's like that invisible anxiety that we're all kind of like trying to fight through or if it's something else, but for you, what's, what's that like? And how are you overcoming it? If at all? Um, like you were saying, like I, from most of my other artist friends, I hear the same thing, like what you were saying, like where it's just like, they just like are starting something and they come to a halt <laughs> kind of type thing. Yeah. But for me, I started in the pandemic, so everything was go, 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 go. And now I'm outside and other people are outside and I'm like, oh, ooh, do I want to go? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm kind of like trapped. I, I find that my writer, I've been taking my writer's block. I'm letting my writer's block write. Just, wow. Let me. How do you how do you speak the words? <laughs> Let's try. <laughs> uh, I'm letting my writer's block can't say it damn writer's block right out is what i was trying to say <laughs> that is a tongue twister i like that though <laughs> like trying to ride out the writer's block yeah and so like i'm just letting it do a thing in the meantime I'm, I'm i'm taking the time to appreciate spending time with family friends my two dogs who i'm like obsessed with and continuously post about as you probably see yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of bad I, it, yeah i should stop um but yeah, so I just take that and I'm 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 taking that moment. I'm using that moment to like find find certain symbolic things that I think I could write about and like I have ideas based off like the joy that I'm feeling or based off whatever is going on in my life at the time. Like whatever stress I'm going through, whatever transitions I'm going through personally. But if it doesn't come to me, I'm not forcing it because that's not how how poet like work your art art shows yourself you're not being genuine if you're forcing something and i always want to be authentic in what i'm writing that's true i feel like now again not to keep going back to this but like with social media and what it is now it's like if you're not producing content every single day then you're not really an artist and i feel like that's a very super common misconception (laughs) like you don't need to work 24 7 to make great art and you know I don't I don't know where along the lines that social media is brainwashed us into thinking that, but it's important to take breaks because that's if you're not taking breaks, how can you make your best art? You know? Yeah, I agree. And like and social media is great for connecting with people, but if you're not connecting with them for a couple of days, no one's gonna forget about you. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. They're still following you, right? They'll see you. <laughs> And like true, true fans are going to stick with you. They're not going to like bail. You know, it's like, I feel like we so often we, we misconceive follower counts and, and, you know, uh, playlist likes or whatever it is. Like we misconceive that for like true fans. And I don't know it, those two things don't always line up. Like just cause someone has a million followers on Instagram or whatever, doesn't mean that all million of those people, which most likely half of them are bots are buying your work you know what i mean like i i don't know that those it's hard to navigate those waters this day and age as an artist who understands what true art is because a lot Mm -hmm. of times i feel like content online is like not true art it's just it's content like it's that's what it is you know yeah no i definitely agree i feel like maybe i i'm also guilty of this but i'm because i honestly just post dog pictures and then sometimes you'll get like a random poem but (laughs) yeah but like, mean, to me, like, that's human, though, right? Like, that's like, yeah, like, you love your pet. And then here's some art. Like, that's what being a human is. It's not like, I am only poems, and I'm only going to post poems yeah. on Instagram. 
Like that's not authentic. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not trying to, you know, trash talk anyone who does kind of manage accounts like that. But to me, that's not the thing that's going to come across to your fan base is like authenticity, you know? I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, and, and like, I find that a lot of, I've had like social media um, specialists tell me to open up a poetry account. So that way people will follow just my work. But I'm like, I ref- I don't know why I refuse to do that because like for me, social media is meant to connect with people. And if you're going to connect with me, you're going to connect to all of me. You're not just going to connect to my work. You're going to connect to yeah. my dogs. You're going to connect to my parents. You're going to connect to the food I ate because right. that's all me. <laughs> right. I don't, we don't not everyone needs to be a brand. Like you don't need to brand yourself. I don't, I don't, again, I think that's one of those like byproducts of what social media has brainwashed us into believing that like, we just, we need to brand ourselves and, Otherwise, you're not selling stuff. And it's like, but is that really what the whole purpose of art is? Because it's yeah. not. It's not. I'm like, I'm like, even if, if you're saying, if you're calling something a brand, the brand is you. And those are facets of you. So. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Branding. I don't know. All branding. <laughs> sure. <laughs> difficult waters to navigate. That is for sure. Yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely agree. But I tried to, I, there was one thing like in the beginning, I was talking to someone who when I just started performing and they said, always remember why you started doing this. It's for the love of it, not yeah. for anything else. And and that's that's that piece of advice has stuck with me. And I I, I try to every time I, I think, oh, I'm not getting enough engagement or whatever, I'm like, but I'm not a social um I didn't come on to be an influencer. I'm a poet. Right. <laughs> come on exactly. to my shows, I'm good. <laughs> and I think that's that's especially important for um, younger artists out there, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, the, the art is the thing that should drive you, not the follower count, not the likes, not the money that comes through. Like the art is the thing that the passion, yeah. like those, those are the things that are important pieces to the puzzle. The rest will come if you're disciplined about it, but I don't know. Yep. That shouldn't be the driving force. I agree. And your fans will come to you because of you. So don't, tr- don't try and be anything else, but you. Yeah. You're worthy of love. To yeah, <laughs> that's right. You're worthy of everything. <laughs> I love it. Um, Rana, this has been like an excellent conversation. I don't want to like cut this short, but do you want to jump over to the, the rapid fire questions at the end here? Yeah, sure. So as always, listeners, apologize for hearing this a thousand million times. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, I call these rapid fire questions I need to come up with like a segment name because you're they don't your answers don't need to be like rapid response. You can take as long as you want. <laughs> I gotta come up with like a cool segment name or something. <laughs> hot seat. No, that yeah, everyone right. calls it the hot seat though. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, cool. All right, all right. So uh first question here is what are you currently reading and would you recommend it to listeners? And you can take reading lightly. Like I've had people answer that with like documentaries or podcasts, movies. It's not always books. Of course it can be, but doesn't have to be i'm actually reading a fellow ia publishing uh author's book um it's the first novel that 2i came out with from tj um it's mm. excellent so and good blanked on the title hold on <laughs> oh my god what was the title again timeless timeless gardens yes you know okay oh my god yeah. why did i just blank on the title but it is so good you've read it clearly yes yes um i was actually one of his uh beta readers but he's been on the podcast before and he was talking about that i think he was on like right before that dropped i don't know you're i I don't want to speak for you but that that book changed the way that i view what a novel can be right right i agree (laughs) and i'm I'm only halfway through and i i I did that in a day. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm never like that. I have the shortest attention span ever. So it was a page turner, no doubt. Yeah, it's so good. I I went to his um live read. Like uh, Tony had a bunch of a uh, bunch of us do a live read. Um, and he was so good when he was reading it. He came like with the colors of his book. All like he painted himself with the. Oh colors. yeah, I saw pictures of that. That looked fun. It was so cool. Um, I love him as a person. Um, and clearly I'm biased. Clear, I'm a little biased, but the book, I'm telling you, as an unbiased, complete unbiased opinion, it's so good. I really, if you're not into novels, this is the one you should start with to get into novels. Yeah, 
it is very it's a page turner it's approachable and it's not even you know don't let the listeners don't let the page count scare you because page count's a little long but <laughs> it's it's one of those books that, like you can you can pick it up for five minutes and those five minutes will turn into like two hours <laughs> yeah yeah highly 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 recommend good answer that's a very <laughs> great answer um <laughs> Also out out from II Publishing for listeners, in case you're looking for that title. Um, second question: What's your favorite meal to prepare and cook? This could be for yourself, for friends and family. Um, it could be fancy, it could be low key. But do you have a favorite dish that you usually go to? Oh Lord! Okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying I'm a horrible cook. <laughs> okay, um, my specialty probably is eggs. So. Uh, although that's not my favorite thing to cook. Um, I just recently started doing like one of those, like uh, it's called purple carrot. It's like green chef where you like, they give you recipes. Mm-hmm. And I found a really easy one. I'm, I'm vegan by the way. So I don't know if you guys want to come over and eat, but you can't totally. Um, <laughs> there's this thing for a tofu coconut kanji. Kanji, I think it is called. Mm. Um, and it's so good. It's like 15 minutes. It's the easiest thing I've ever cooked in my life. And it's delicious. I eat it all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good the yeah. coconut i feel like the coconut would add an interesting flavor mash i love everything coconut i have a problem <laughs> <laughs> me too it's so good for you too i feel like it's so underrated like coconut yeah. coconut oil coconut milk coconut water like all of those things i don't know it replenishes a lot of um minerals in our body that we kind of take for granted electrolytes um, that's my dog that's so cool Hi, so cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no worries. My dog's giving me the eye too. <laughs> we have a, um, a lady who's coming to clean the house, and he just like is going crazy. He's like, "Don't touch oh, okay. my stuff." <laughs> do you need to get Do you need to get off, or do you have time for one more question? Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm not in a rush. Okay. My parents are. I'm at my parents. So Got you. Okay, uh, so the last question here is just uh, what's one betterism or one life lesson that you want listeners to walk away with today? Um, it can be from our conversation or it could be something else you've kind of been working on living by lately. I mean, in our conversation, I said the same. That is really what I've been working on um, is, is maintaining the fact that I'm worthy and, and you are too. And one of the other things that I've been really, really working on that I think everyone might is maintain your peace. However, that may be. That's good. Yeah, that's my big. That's been my big theme of 2022. I've been changing everything so that I'm, I'm more peaceful about things. Yeah, I think that's really important these days too. When you're con, we're constantly bombarded with like everything but peace. <laughs> like it's always right? like it's fear mongering and chaos. Right? It's just like never ending, just stream of just toxic media and i I don't know it's important to kind of maintain some time throughout your day to focus on your peace your breath your art your meditation whatever it is that's Mm -hmm. really important yeah i mean i actually stopped i used to watch the news like religiously for a couple hours every day and i stopped doing that i i I cut it down to 30 minutes so that i can just like not be bothered and disturbed and lose sleep right be aware but like (laughs) right right be aware of what's going on in the world, but like still like not be insane, which is yeah. <laughs> not easy. Yeah, and everything is like kind of like oh, everything alert yourself, be triggered right now. So <laughs> yeah, right. Like you gotta know your your own boundary and and set it. That's really good advice. <laughs> awesome, um, Rana. Thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your wisdom. Um, there's a lot of good insight in here. Um, where can listeners find you online? Where can they check out your book, connect with you on social media, check out your dog pictures, <laughs> that sort of thing? Well, I mean, I know we just were talking about how, it's, how, how uh, social media is not, not that important. <laughs> but <laughs> please go ahead and follow me uh, shamelessly at r.sen underscore the poet um, on Instagram. And there's a link in my bio there for like everything. So feel free to check that out. Perfect. And you know, moderation. Moderation is the key. Yeah. <laughs> the social I didn't media. Like dog reels. I have tons of dog reels. <laughs> That's not like I always post. You know, with, with my Instagram, it's a lot of times it's like books. It's like I know no one really cares except for other readers and writers. But it's like this is I don't know. This is what I'm enjoying. This is what I'm reading right now. 
yeah, deal that's with your, it. That's your, that's your thing. And people right. who have, there are other people who have the thing. So <laughs> you gotta have the thing keep you keep you sane, you know, in these yeah. insane times. Yeah, I agree. All right. Again, it's been awesome chatting with you. Um, don't be a stranger. We'll have to connect again. Um, and I will hit you up offline after the call here and um, have a great rest of your day. Yes. And thank you so much again for the opportunity to speak with you. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll get around two at some point going. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Well, that's it, friends. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to swing through again. If you'd like to reach out, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at medium.com slash betterism. Be better at whatever it is you're building. And remember, friends, stay learning. <laughs>